1: Front, every now and then you need to talk about Star Wars don't know yeah, about you
2: absolutely do Scott Telford, especially when for whatever reason you and I have both been playing old Star Wars games just <laughs> it feels like we've got like the fever at this moment in time It
1: used to be the thing where it was Star Wars season like around about a Christmas period that whole run of the new trilogy where like Disney would would line up all the different movies in time with Christmas and now that doesn't happen anymore so there's almost some re- weird residual feeling that we need to light the Star Wars candles and pay and, tribute
2: like you were saying you know, I love the Star Wars movies, and I absolutely loved Star Wars December. When they kept trying to change the movies to release in May, I thought Disney, what are you doing? You've got such a nice thing on your hands here. I had a fun time, but... With the state of Star Wars right now, I still like a lot of stuff that's coming out. But mm. I'm not a huge Mandalorian fan. I'm not a huge Book of mm. Boba Fett fan. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, animated you need shows. You watch Andor, mate. Well, I want to watch Andor. It's just it's not that I'm saying those things are bad. There's just <laughs> a lot of them. There are, and it's uh, difficult for me to keep up with them. So, as a sort of comfort and nostalgia thing, I often go back to the video games that mm-hmm. I grew up on for my Star Wars fix, rightly or wrongly. Because I'm not saying these games are better. than... In the current shows, or anything like that, mm-hmm. but that's just what I do, and I think video game video games and Star Wars go hand in hand so well that we have a treasure trove of things that we can jump into right now that are accessible that will give you that Star Wars fix if you if you need it. I do find, because uh, we mentioned this on the Wind Up on Monday, that, um,
1: you know, because I've been going back through the Episode 3 game on Game Boy Advance and it just reminded me of how incredible that run was. Like, I, I, even if you go all the way back to the late 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, it's only really the 2010s when things started falling apart, obviously when Disney came in um, and, you know, we can talk about, that's all the conversation but we had so many games to pick from and so many titles that we grew up with um, that just as soon as I started looking back into what would be my definitive top 10 ranking um, it's just like oh my god the amount of memories associated with these different things um, we should say that this is the What Culture Gaming Podcast I'm your host Scott Tilford. that's Josh Brown
2: hello Scott Tilford.
1: but still um, we're going to attempt to do some sort of rotating chair situation going forward because we thought why not get all the most exciting and cool people into this chair going forward so I think we mentioned that on some sort of recording before I was lucky enough to be on the ranking Page review over on the Walk Culture Wrestling podcast, um, and I talked about it there as well. So, going forward, we're going to have a rotating chair. But me and you wanted to talk about Star Wars stuff so much, so yes. we just did it. Plus, a lot of people have been ill in the office. That's so it. So, we didn't want to get them in here.
2: We didn't. We didn't. You know, we thought for the <laughs> first one with the rotating chair, it needs to be more considered. And yes. Me and you we really wanted to talk about Star Wars, but we do have really good episodes planned for the future, I think. We yes. have Andy Murray from the wrestling team coming on potentially to talk about The Witcher 3 and do uh, a big uh-huh. retrospective on that in a few weeks. We've got Adam Nicholas, the great Adam Nicholas, coming on. <laughs> to talk about the last of us TV show. I'm I'm happy but for I'm now to kick this new podcast off. Yes. It's just you and I getting to indulge on uh, to indulge on Star Wars video games, which is what I love. That's another thing is that the um the the middle slot of the week is
1: just going to be used for spoiler casts or whatever we think is like topical or whatever we want to talk about. Whatever we think is cool for that slot. So without any further ado, we just thought we'd do our own top 10 uh, all-time Star Wars games, which I don't know what your list is. No. And you don't know what mine is, but we'll just go back and forward. My number 10 is Star Wars Episode 3 on the Game Boy Advance. Yes! Slash on the Xbox. Um, I feel like those movie tie-ins were stellar. And I did talk about this on the wind-up, so I won't spend too much long too much longer on here, but I know that you like the Episode 3 game as well when it comes to the Xbox version.
2: I absolutely do, and that's actually on my list as well. Your mic stand is fighting you. It is fighting me. I'm going to correct it as soon as I've stopped talking. (laughs) And I have... (laughs) I have Revenge of the Sith at number eight on my list. Oh, okay, okay. It's not an all-timer, but in terms of, you know, actual movie-licensed experiences, I'm talking specifically about the Xbox version rather than the Game Boy version. Right. But I just think it's it's a very good one of those. When we look at the classic golden era of, you know, movie adaptations, I think this deserves to be up there with... Other underrated hits like the first Amazing Spider-Man game.
1: Yes. Well, the thing is, like the Episode Three game, if you play it on Xbox, has like clips from the movie in, and it released before the movie. So I remember that whole the excitement around you know being able to see the latest movie that was coming out. Obviously, at the time, Episode Three was a big deal. The end of that current trilogy and everything. Um, and the Xbox game, it's just it's nice, it's serviceable. I like the PvP stuff. I like all the uh, the dueling modes. Um, if I talk about the Game Boy one, I love the little dueling mini game that's in that, where it's you can do a multiplayer version of it. Um, as well, I think. Um, but I love the one that's in Single player, when you finally come up against Dooku at the beginning, and it's all just matching the inputs, and it's quite a fast, snappy um, approach to that combat. So, like I said, we talked about it on Monday. Um, I'm not going to spend too long on it, but I just, I, it's overlooked. I, you know, whenever people talk about tie-in movie games, um, sometimes we go to the Lord of the Rings games, and it's like Star Wars had that nice little run as well. Not every single one of them, um, but the Episode Three tie-in games were very well put together.
2: Well, this is, I'm so pleased you brought up the Lord of the Rings (laughs) because when I think about the Episode Three uh, X. Box version of episode Mm. 3, I think of those old Lord of the Rings games, it's of a very, cut from a very similar cloth, of Mm. a very similar calibre, like you said, even incorporating in some of the cutscenes from the actual movie itself Mm -hmm. and for me I remember it, I played it relatively recently but I have I didn't complete it when I went back to it and going through it for the first time around the time when episode 3 first came out you know I just remember the game looking really good yes. and like feeling really good and it had a great array of force powers at the time and it was fun to play as Anakin fun to play as Obi-Wan mm-hmm. whatever and uh, I really rated it that's why it's not my number 8
1: I will also say that um, you know the reason that I've been able to play the episode 3 game the Xbox version is because it, it, it is backwards compatible yeah. um, and I think it's. Well, like, Star Wars overall, like, it's been such a weird few years for that IP. Like, I love Andor, but I, like, really don't like the way the trilogy rolled out. Obviously, many, millions of things have been said about that. But when you think back on the Lucas era, it, it is given a different shine now because it is so authored and it was so stumbly. In episode, episode 2 and Episode 3 were so all over the place. Obviously, one was as well, but two more so. And then three was a bit of a recoup in terms of good yeah, goodwill or whatever, good faith. Um, but when you look back on it, it's like, okay, this was, for better or worse, a more focused vision. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the Disney chasing test audiences. Oh my God, social media is annoyed with us. Let's do this, let's do that. There is something about revisiting those movies, especially if you grew up, grew up alongside them and just reappreciating what we had. We didn't realize that's what we had. We didn't realize how corporate overlordy it was going to get um, after that. Um, and I think the games alongside that, especially this whole period, like I said, 80s, 90s, 2000s, there were so many gameplay ideas um, and so many genres and largely done well. Like it was very rare that something was an absolute bomb, like uh, the original version of Battlefront 2 or something.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I totally concur with your opinion on those films as well. Like, I've always had a soft spot for Revenge of the, Sp- Revenge of the Sith specifically. Yes. Like, I, I wouldn't go out and say it's a five-star movie or anything like that. No, but no. I'll it's, it's head and heels above the other two installments in my opinion. Ooh. It's still a little bit wonky, Woo-hoo. but it, it, it absolutely rules. And I love the way that when you watch that movie, like, it just ties so nicely mm. into the original trilogy. I like that the aesthetic changes kind of halfway through and you get some of the, like, aesthetic choices from the original trilogy start it's creeping you start mm. seeing more sets that you haven't seen since like the 70s and 80s oh, that's and one it thing It's great.
1: you don't realise how identifiable and iconic like and how does almost design. I mean that was the whole thing it was designed to be this bigger IP it was designed to you know keep inflating and have, have more locations that you could have things take place in they are almost de facto video game levels anyway like it's not that the original Star Wars didn't have them but there are more of them in the prequel trilogy and um, I just made that stupid noise because I have such a soft spot for episode one because right. just little. Little, tiny 10-year-old Tailford was going to see that with his grandma. 10-year-old <laughs> Tailford he's, that. he's loving it. And it was, uh, I, yeah, I mean, when was episode one? 99?
2: Uh, yes. I yeah, think so so yeah. I
1: would have been 10 um, and seeing that in the cinema and just being blown away by it. So I'll always have a soft spot for that in pod racing and everything else. But what's your number 10?
2: My number 10, um, brace yourself for this. I My will. number 10 favorite Star Wars game of all time yep. is Star Wars Connect. Star Wars Connect is a game that lots of people hate and I can tell by your bemused Sometimes you say right stuff, now. and I
1: I, I, I can't. I talk a lot in life, yeah.
2: and, and I, I'm without words. Speechless right now. Yeah. I'll tell you why I put this on here, because on. look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that as a game, as a video game, as a set of mechanics and systems, <laughs> Star Wars Connect is better than some games that I don't have on here, like Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Is that the full title? Uh, that back. is, yes, it is the Kyle Katarn one. And um, and I know I'm just tanking all of my credibility by saying that Connect <laughs> Star Wars. That means is it's not on that. your list at all. That it's game. not on my list at all. I'm okay. afraid. Okay. And I'm going to explain to you why I've I've lost my mind uh, yep. and put this on the list. Yep. It's Because, yes, as a series of systems mechanics, it's not all that solid. As a cultural <laughs> moment, and as something that has impacted me personally on a deep level. And remember, oh. this entire list is subjective. This is favorite. This is not Cutting best. Deep, for me. All right? Yeah. I think about Kinect Star Wars almost every day. <laughs> I think about the Han Solo just dance sequence in that game almost every every day I, shaking my head i always think the lyrics i'm han solo i'm han solo i'm han solo i'm han solo solo all the time in my life did it, they not use riding solo well that's it i know that's the song yeah. but they could have brought it straight across well they did they, well, okay. they changed the lyrics i can't remember all the lyrics now but <laughs> i often go back in 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 the guiltiest of moments i chuck on the incognito tab on google chrome <laughs> and i type into youtube.com and i put in han solo dance Connect Star Wars, and I, mean, I watch it, and I have a lot. of fun. I love just
1: watching it, in, like in a dimly lit room, just on yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: one one computer. Yeah. yeah, wipe these records after I'm done. Absolutely, put up knowing I've been here. You know, sunglasses on, <laughs> cap on, <laughs> dark big, big web, fake notes. and solo, and so yeah, but a fake mustache, just like guy incognito. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, so uh, Connect Star Wars, obviously not a great game, but I genuinely think that. <laughs> As a <laughs> moment in time, I'll never forget it. Being as able to as he pops
1: himself <laughs> trying to say it, <laughs>
2: trying to justify it. Not only the stupid dancing singing mini game, but you know the oh. ability to use a Kinect to pretend that you had a lightsaber. Is it as good as you know using a lightsaber or flying a starship in VR? No, it's nope. nowhere near that. Yep. But it was really fun at the time. It had a cultural imprint. This is what everyone is. hated about Star Wars at the time. Just connect. People would look at it and say, "This has absolutely weed." all over the Star Wars license. You have killed the thing that I love. Uh And I don't disagree with that, but I also like that we got to a point in history where this game, this video game, could have killed a brand True. as big as Star Wars. That's how strong it was. But that's how strong it was. And I, I, I you know me, man. I, I, I like Devil May Cry too. So this, I, I tell you
1: what, you this Star Wars Connect, and especially the Han Solo animation, is the Spider Man Three dance of Star Wars. It is. Which makes perfect sense for you yeah. as a Spider Man Three defender. So this this could not be more your pick.
2: That's it. And, if it tried, and I'm not going to push it on anyone else. I'm not going <laughs> to say you have to like Star Wars Connect. Good Connect Star Wars. But I'm just saying that you know, I, I I've played a lot of disposable Star Wars games, and this is not disposable. Oh. Not always for the best but you cannot ignore Kinect Star Wars that thing came out and it could have just been seven out of ten six out of Uh ten and no one would remember it everyone Remembers connect Star Wars. They do, but I mean, a lot of people remember like accidents <laughs> and sort of, you know, when things
1: b- set on fire for a while.
2: But things are fast. People are fascinated by accidents, oh. and this is a video game accident.
1: It's true. It's still, you know, damage. But anyway, um, my number nine. Uh, and speaking of bracing yourself, brace yourself. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Ooh. is my number nine. It does not get very much higher. Um, I think Jedi Fallen Order. Sorry, Jedi uh, Survivor. I think will do a lot better. My only problem with Jedi Fallen Order. It's not that it's not stellar. and I didn't, It's not that I didn't enjoy my time with it. And I love the. Metro droids, uh, elements of it, I just feel like that game only really becomes what I wanted it to be in the very last level, and so I love that last level, I think it brings everything together um, but it's just one of those things where the rest of the game is such a ramp up, is such a build up to that, and it's not that I don't love, um, you know that idea of almost doing an episode 4 style story, just picking a random person, Cal as he's working on the, the rig, he's helping, you know, pick apart different, uh, empire droids and whatever else, and then going from there, Hero's Tale 101, Monomyth type stuff, I just, yeah, I, gameplay wise, I didn't love it until the end, End. I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Yeah. But it didn't blow me away until the end. And if I'm going to be a, a cool Jedi's man, then I want to be picking stuff up and throwing dudes into other dudes and doing all these cool moves. And you can't do all that stuff until towards the end.
2: Scott Telford, I, perhaps unsurprisingly, have Fallen Order 1, 2, 3 at number four on my oh, list. And I'll shout. tell you why I like it more than you, I think. Okay. Because as you know, I'm a sucker for the Souls formula. Yeah. And Respawn yep. absolutely took the bones of a soul's experience, you know, using checkpoints to respawn all of the enemies in the area, for an instance. <laughs> a more difficult uh, kind of, like, combat system where you really need to understand what the enemy is doing before you decide what to do yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just never experienced that, really, in a Star Wars game before, and I thought they implemented it quite well. Mm-hmm. For me, from a gameplay perspective and from a story perspective... I was surprised when it came out how much I enjoyed it. I was expecting this thing to be a a 7 out of 10, a low 8 out of 10, but Mm. I wasn't expecting to dig it as much as I did. And I'll never forget, how the opening, where you're on that kind of mining rig, and you have the moment where, you know, Cal kind of escapes from the Empire of being level. rounded up, the train level. Mm. I couldn't believe how polished the set pieces were. They mm. were on the level of un- something like Uncharted, totally. in my opinion. You know, being on that moving train with the rain, with the, you know, flashes of the lightsaber as you were cutting people down. I hope it's so cool. Visually, it looked absolutely stunning, mm. and it might never only reach that height... Now and again through the rest of the campaign, but I was I will always remember being positively surprised by it. No man, I would back that. That opening level is
1: incredible. I love when you stand still and just hear the rain like crackle and patter off the lightsaber. It's so cool. Yeah, there's a lot to love about that game. Um, it's just that for me, like if I, if we're ranking absolute favourites of all time, then um, I love being a Jedi and doing Jedi things. Yeah. And so I hope there's more of that in uh, Jedi Survivor. Cool.
2: Go on. I throw in a criticism you can. before we move on because I don't think it's a perfect game. And like I, I agree with you that mm. Jedi Survivor I think is going to you know, hopefully, build upon those foundations playing it again recently. Uh, Fallen Order mm. last year when I was on my soul's kick, from enough. Yes, the thing that stopped me from completing it again were those more explorative elements, were those puzzles, yeah. because they were not well implemented, in my opinion, and dragged the pacing down massively. Like yeah, I said, combat and story, I loved but that side of it, I kind of either hope they omit entirely or radically tighten it up.
1: I hope they make it more physics-based because um, I feel like the way to do random puzzles in a level now is just to make the Breath of the Wild style yes. and have you slot pieces of things together, especially because you have force powers. Yeah. Like, why not do that stuff? So, yeah, I hope there's there's uh, better things coming. Do it, man.
2: My number nine yes. is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace for PlayStation thing. 1. And I know I've talked about this for a few weeks on the wind-up, but playing it again... My third or fourth time, you know, playing it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing that it's actually a really good game. <laughs> I used to think it was just my nostalgia speaking because it is one of the first games I ever played. Okay. But every time I go back to it, man, I find myself just like wanting to play more. Right. I think it is for me. The equivalent of the Spider-Man PS1 game in that okay. it takes a world that you know obviously the world of the Phantom Menace makes it playable mm. in interesting ways I like the way it recreates you know, direct scenes from the movie but also in how in some areas like when you get to Tatooine you, you just have like a big open space to explore and you can just be <laughs> Qui-Gon in Tatooine and you're going around trying to figure out how to get parts for your ship and it's more open ended than I remember uh-huh. it doesn't have like the same technical prowess of you know like the, the the Jedi outcast or you know Jedi academy or anything mm. like that but as a kind of interactive piece of Star Wars media Mm. I do genuinely genuinely think it's like really really
1: good I've still never played it like I was at a friend's house when that came out and uh, the 1975 John Woff shout out holy hell I know but I never actually played it myself I only watched him play it so it seemed cool and it's kind of game that I would love to pick up if they put it on I would still am dying for Disney or whoever to get in touch with the Playstation Pluses the Game Passes just do a Star Wars barf and just put those old games out there why not I know you have To license the music and stuff but just it's for the greater good just get it done you did it for aladdin and the lion king you can do it for this um because i would easily play that in 2023
2: especially when you've got so many other star wars games on these services like if you go on uh, playstation plus now for instance Mm. you can play a lot of the games we're going to be talking about today you can play a star wars bounty hunter Mm. you can play some of the old star wars arcade games you can play a star wars jedi starfighter pod pod racer or whatever the hell it was (laughs) Uh, you know there's a lot already on the surface but get those actual movie tie-ins you know for, for that uh, prequel trilogy and I just think you get that little nostalgia mm. audience like me and you who, who want that stuff
1: totally man well you just you just gave my number 8 away there my number oh. 8 is Star Wars Episode 1 Racer um, which I just love that game if I'm thinking of my favourite Star Wars games of all time it's, it's a, a swath of different genres I loved when well, that's the thing when you think back on it you think back on the amount of different ideas they had and the amount of different things 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 they were able to execute on. Um, I also remember that droid game where you would build droids on Tatooine. It was called something like Droid Command or something and you were building those little tiny dudes with like the circular heads. I can't remember this. I can't remember, but you were working for like Watto and uh, whatever that, I had that on my PC as well back in the day but episode one racer um, it's just brilliant they remastered it it's on switch and stuff now and it plays even better it's even faster but just it's pod racing <laughs> it's one of the best things Star Wars ever built and they never did more with it like it's only in episode one Yeah. Um, like I ended up watching I'm gonna forget the name of it but there's, a, there's an animated Star Wars show on Disney Plus that's Be all about nice. maybe no no, no. It's, uh, um, it's like a one-off thing and it's about a set of pilots that all work on like an oil rig oh. and they all compete in races um, and they all have custom uh, ships and stuff and I was like that is so cool i want like the whole racing underbelly of star wars why is that not a tv show yeah A better take an andor style sized tv show um because i would take that so i have always loved episode uh, sorry i've always loved pod racing um literally again because i saw it as tiny tail with my grandma but still it's always stuck in there and they just look cool two giant engines pulling you along like yes. it's just sick so i always loved that it's not there's not much more to it other than i think the gameplay capitalized on it Um, I wish there was a bit more to it in terms of like side swiping dudes and burnout style takedown cams and stuff. Um, They do a little bit with that, but not much. Um, So it's just that for me. It's a simple pleasure.
2: I've not played this myself just because I was- I've I've, got it
1: upstairs, Josh. uh,
2: What? It's on my Switch. Is it? Yeah. You could play it at lunch. Yeah. 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 I will. Well, I've not played it for now, but I might play it very soon. By the time
1: people listen to this, you'll be enlightened.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The reason I did that was just because, you know, I was never a huge, huge fan of arcade races of any type but mm-hmm. I know you Scott Tailford as, 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 as a Tailford man <laughs> loves the idea of arcade racing in I any do. form so this makes a lot of sense is it actually a good game or is this the nostalgia speaking for you
1: I think it's a bit of both I think it's very it's tight controls I think it is very satisfying obviously it runs at a very high frame rate now but even back in the day it felt like light speed anyway and mm. um, it just depends how much you like the idea of uh, pod racing it's not that far away from a wipeout or an F-Zero and um, it is like a, a floating you know floating cars competing against each other kind of thing so if you like that approach. I know that some people get put off by that. They just want a better tactile feel to the vehicle itself, but I'm a big fan. Um, Yeah, I wish Star Wars overall did more with that. I mean, why not bring that? If you want to
2: fix everything in
1: episode 10 a pod racing thing.
2: It's, it's kind of weird that they never did more no. because, I mean, even at the time when, you know, like the Star Wars prequel hit was in full force, mm. the one thing everyone, maybe the second thing after Darth Maul that everyone pointed <laughs> out in that first movie that they loved was the pod racing yeah. scene and then they were just like, nope, we're going to get we, rid of almost all of this We now.
1: revisit Tatooine every other week <laughs> and we've never seen the progression of pod racing. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Why not? And also, it's a story. It's the local kid became the evil dude but, like, are we still back when he was a pod racer? Like, just why is that not a thing?
2: That would be a thing, right? They the people of Tataween and you're in a small town where pod racing is life, you know? Yes. They're not going, oh, you know the little boy who used to live here? <laughs> he's he's second in command for the evil empire now. <laughs> They'd be saying, no. Remember when that kid won that pod racing tournament yeah. and no one expected it, and then he freed himself from water? <sighs> awesome. So much Crazy. more that
1: they could have done um, and they sadly did not, but that was my number eight.
2: My number eight uh, was Revenge of the Sith, which we oh, have shall, okay, talked okay. about. So if you want to go on to your number seven.
1: Yes, I think you'll have things to say about this anyway. So my number seven is Starfighter, Star Wars Jedi Ooh. Starfighter. Um, but I blow the two together because you have the original Starfighter and then you have a year later it was Jedi Starfighter. So in my head, I can't really distinguish the two. I remember the Naboo levels and uh, and flying in that Naboo, the yellow Naboo fighter yes. thing in the original Starfighter. Um, and then in Jedi Starfighter, you it's different chips, but they're, it's the same game. It's the same engine. It's back in the day when something would just be reused. I was going to say back in the day. When <laughs> something gets reused for a year after, I say that as like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and whatever. But still... Um, The Starfighter games. I mean, again, breadth of genres, things they were trying. I always thought this was really satisfying, and I love the Naboo Starfighter design. Yeah. Um, So give me any excuse to pilot that thing. You should talk about stuff though. What do you think of the old Starfighters?
2: I've only played Jedi Starfighter, and it was honestly a game that I didn't love. It's one of the games that I have played that hasn't made it onto the list, just because again, it's it's a genre thing. Scott Telford. I know you love a breadth of genres, and I, I like to think I do too. It just so happens that arcade racing and cockpit fighting <laughs> are two genres that I actually don't like that oh, much. That's the so. Pillars of my being. It was, you know, when you sometimes talk about, you know, you have a game, you have a, when you play Battle Royale, yes. say Call of Duty Battle Royale, Warzone, and you're playing it thinking, I just wish that I was playing regular Call of Duty. When mm. I play something like Jedi Starfighter, I just think I wish I could get out of the ship. Right, <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? And it's like, it's not the game's fault, it's very much a me thing.
1: I think there's always a way to make that style of combat work. Like, for me it can fall apart quite easy if I can't track targets and, and actually, like, pivot on the spot and turn and spin and, and like, track stuff. Because I love the anti-grav fighting in Dead Space and you can yeah. largely, like, keep aware. And you know, there's always a button to recenter yourself and stuff. It's not that Starfighter is the best of that, it's just that if you're talking about a love of the, that original um, you know, the prequel trilogy, and then getting to pilot those ships and everything. One of my favourite parts of uh, Battlefront 2 is the um, Starfighter assault mode. Yeah. Um, Whatever the hell that assault mode's called where you can actually pilot all those ships again. Um, So that'll be mine. What does your...
2: I was going to say, the thing that did transform, you know, uh, dogfighting games for lack of a better term for me was the implementation of VR. Right. When you got to jump in an X-wing and you were actually in mm. it and you could look around and you, it was for me that was like such a more immersive experience that it unlocked that genre. Just obviously with this being such an old PS2 game, you sadly can't do that. I tell you but- what though, because
1: we've been, we've been, me and you've been comparing PSVR2 screenshots as they get out in in the in the wild a lot more. The wild, the wild. There is one of uh, No Man's Sky getting its PSVR2 update, which looks unbelievable. Oh yeah. my god! Five hundred pounds later, I might have to play it. <sighs> Um, but that's what I was going to say in regards to cockpit stuff. Is that when you're flying, all the ships are modeled differently in No Man's Sky. So every time you buy one or steal one or whatever, it's you get in a little bit different, and just a little the interior is different. But in terms of the flight itself, it does feel like you're wrenching this thing to like to aim, and it's like it's what it would feel like. Yeah. Um, and the idea of like the uh, agility or the nimbleness of a fighter translating into the feel of it—that's such a cool idea. Love it, man. Just uh, this is just a vague um, VR thing at this yeah. point, but it, that's such a cool idea. Well,
2: I couldn't put it. On, I couldn't put it on here because it's not. It's it's not a game. It's mm. more of a mode. It was the VR mode that they released for Star Wars Battlefront 2 where yes. you did a mission inside in X-Wing. And honestly, if that would have been my number one mm. if I counted. I have not <laughs> had a gaming experience like I have when I tried VR for the first time and I was looking around the cockpit and I was flying this right. thing. And I was, you know, looking at a Star Destroyer and in the, in the scale of a Star Destroyer in front of me and I was flying around it. I know I talk so much about VR, man, (laughs) and how it changed my life, but that is, if not the top one, top five ever gaming memories. Yeah. Like it, it was incredible. Something else.
1: I would back that. I love the whole thing of um, like when you're in VR and you can sort of tilt and look out windows and look down places that a regular game camera would never go and yeah. it's like, okay, all the detail is there. I am in this place.
2: Um, yeah, I always love stuff like that. Uh, your number seven, please. My number seven is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 with the Sith Lords. And ooh, ooh, What a pick. Honestly, man, this would be higher on the list mm. if it was finished, which the unfortunate thing is that Obsidian would pretty much crunched so much on this game that they had to get it out. And yes, I know mods have, you know, tried their best to implement a lot of the stuff that the developers had mm. planned in the years since, but I've sadly not played that version. I've only played the original Xbox version. There
1: is a, um, it was meant to come out last October, there is an official, like, remaster thing happening with all the restored content, but it's it's in the middle of a whole delay thing. Yeah. So maybe this year we finally get that.
2: Hopefully, mm. I, really, I really hope so, because I want to go through this game again, because, you know, this, it kind of like, it's essentially the Fallout New Vegas <laughs> to Knights of the Old Republic's Fallout 3. Yeah, totally. And it kind of ha- uses the same framework of Knights of the Old Republic 1. But in my opinion, Opts for a kind of more daring and subversive story, and your mm. mileage may vary on that. But I always distinctly remember the characters from Knights of the Old Republic 2 more than Knights of the Old Republic 1. It's not uh. as good of a game, which you're going to find out later on in my list, spoilers. <laughs> uh, but I love the aesthetic of it. I love the tone of it. I love the setup of it. It's just, it has a lot going for it. It's just in the classic Obsidian fashion. Mm. They weren't giving it enough time, and it's more ambition and potential than it is execution.
1: I am waiting for the no clip or online documentary of Obsidian's history because that happened to them so many times. Um, And I think like three times, like you had Fallout New Vegas where they were crunched into an 18-month turnaround window, which was brutal and ridiculous. Um, You had the whole thing with KOTOR 2 where they had to leave off certain parts of the game, which some fans restored because certain parts were already in the files. And I'm sure um, the uh, South Park game, uh, the original one, uh, stick of Truth. Right, yeah. Um, they were taken off that and replaced with uh, Ubisoft to do um, Fractured Butthole, And so I feel like overall, they're just such a, uh, not anymore, but they were such a mismanaged studio. They were just sort of given these great opportunities and then like boxed into certain places. But what they still achieved was incredible and doubly so because it was in these ridiculous time constraints. So yeah, KOTOR 2 is something that I've never got around to. I've always loved the look of it because I'm sure you can get more lightsaber types if I'm remembering right, yeah, like yeah. the double lightsaber, like Darth Maul style. And um, I always loved the idea of that. And I the whole story, I think it's Treya. Um, the main Sith lady. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes I yes, think yes. it's Treya as the character. Um, reading bits and pieces about the way that it's all structured, always seems really cool. And so, KOTOR two, I think, is one of my biggest holes in my Star Wars knowledge. Um, but the way that it's always referred to is like this optional sequel that you don't need and whatever. But like, it cl- you clearly do.
2: That's it, man. Like, like it obviously wasn't developed by BioWare. It was developed by Obsidian, and it's just a shame that Obsidian's games from that era were looked. At like they were these kind of unnecessary mm. games that you can skip where Batman
1: Arkham Origins of their day
2: 100% man and it's like now nah, there's just because it's not the original team and you know I love Bioware to bits especially from back in the day but mm. you know like these other teams can do that world justice and I think Obsidian can do any world justice yeah. that they're kind of drafted into play
1: well you were saying about um, speaking about something else in regards to Night of the Old Republic later on the list how about right now because my number six is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic
0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass.
1: Um, A game that just, I mean, there's a reason this thing has a legacy that it does. Like one of the big, I mean, the thing is, I love when this thing is set. I actually love that whole opening part and a lot of people don't. Um, but that whole opening bit where you're just fleshing out this like um, city that's almost under like oppression it lines up with Andor it's this, uh, this idea of a space where stormtroopers are walking the streets but they're not actively shooting everyone in sight yeah. and what it feels like to be un- under occupation um, and then trying to get the rebellion off the ground that way and talking to different characters um, and fleshing things out that way and obviously I love the overall arc of that game and I love going to the Jedi Academy and making your own lightsaber and all that kind of stuff um, so yeah I, the Knights of the Republic almost speaks for itself at this point yeah, I feel like it. It, is, it just does have that that legacy, and thankfully it is available on everything now, even phones, um, so you can get stuck in, um, providing you like the combat, which I always do. It's like that weird hybrid between turn-based combat and live action, but it's just nice enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love the overall arc of Knights of the Old Republic, and I love that time period. I yes. kind of wish they could still do more stuff in it.
2: Absolutely, man. First off, I want to say it was actually Cray from Knights of the Old Republic oh, 2. Near enough. We were so close. It's hilarious that I said the game had more memorable <laughs> characters than proceeded to forget all the characters. But yeah, Knights of the Old Republic 1 was the first time because I was quite young when I played that for myself. Uh, I've actually got it as my mm. number one. On oh, no way! Funnily enough, there We can you revisit go.
1: it properly for your number one if you want. Well, uh, we should do that because it'll okay. give it the, the pride of place. Okay, okay. Because um, I, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to Koto when hold we get that to. Uh, because, yeah, yes, when we get to your number one. Because um, uh, this one we can share as well. Number five, uh, I've got Star Wars Battlefront 2, and I mean the new one, Battlefront 2, even though I love the old ones. If I'm talking about Battlefronts, either I'm going to crunch them all together and just talk about Battlefront overall. It's not the number five. Tail Falls. Is that your number two? It's my number three. Oh, close enough. Um, so yeah, but Star Wars Battlefront 2, obviously not the launch day version, obviously not the version that existed for those uh, good first few months, but the version you can play now, the one that has had so much content plugged into it and um, from you know all three trilogies and the Clone Wars, um, and it just plays so well, and it looks unbelievable. Like some of the best art direction uh, or capitalization on the art direction of Star Wars by a dev team, Um, it's just stunning. If you just want to play a Star Wars just play some Star Wars um, in the most literal fashion, the literal warring side of it go do these big scale battles Um, rarely have I had more fun with the Star Wars game than this game when it was actually working as intended.
2: Same man, you mentioned No Man's Sky earlier Mm. and Star Wars Battlefront 2 might even be a bigger turnaround of a product, like it's not still being supported today, tragically Mm -hmm. but considering, you know the crazy response rightfully so that it had when it first released and the money-grubbing practices that you know EA implemented to where it ended up as one of the best Star Wars games of all time. Yeah. Like That is incredible. Like you said there, I can echo just the idea that if you want to play some Star Wars, this was the perfect game for it. The fact that it had those updates when the new movies came around mm. constantly encouraged you to jump back into the game and those implementations were always excellent. I yeah. loved playing as new characters or new skins for older characters. Uh, the the roster that they had in there was amazing. A lot of the maps were fantastic. Fantastic, especially some of the DLC ones towards the end. Mm-hmm. Some great game modes. It, from a gameplay perspective, they learned so much from their first effort at reviving that franchise. What a game, and I hope to think that when, in a few years' time, when we think back on Battlefront Two. It's story won't be defined by the opening few months, but rather... I it had a story. <laughs> until you just said that. Yeah, I remember but all the... It also I- had a story that no one... I didn't finish whole thing, yeah. Uh, I didn't even finish that story. I'm talking entirely <laughs> about the multiplayer here. Uh, that it's like narrative, let's say, for lack like of a better word. is mm. history won't be defined by its opening few months, which we should definitely not forget, but will actually be the biggest tragedy of Battlefront 2 will actually be the fact that they didn't support it into yep. the era of The Mandalorian and all of these mm. shows that Disney have out right now because, like, that game could be thriving yeah. if they continue to support it. They could easily... I mean,
1: it's, the servers are still online. Like, you could easily do a Mandalorian park, an Andor pack or something, just let you play as... Because you can play as everything from, like, Droidicas to Ray <sighs> to Vader. Like, everything is in there and it plays so well. Um, so, yeah, that was my number five.
2: My number five was... Star Wars The Force Unleashed 1. Oh, I forgot about The Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed, my friend. Again, not a perfect game. took a lot of criticism at the time for being a little bit repetitive at times, Mm -hmm. and that is absolutely true. But you were talking earlier about Fallen Order not allowing you to be a full, (laughs) powerful Jedi. Mm -hmm. This is a game that unleashes the force Scott hey, Taylor, it's it. right in the title <laughs> and it feels incredible from the opening level where you get to play as Darth Vader which was absolutely mind-blowing at the time and you're walking trees. through the level fracturing trees <laughs> decimating people making the end of Rogue One look like kid stuff in the process to picking up as Killer and being able to just you know go absolutely ham on all of <laughs> these enemies throw people off the edge of the world it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power trip is is something else and while, you know, Un- Force Unleashed 2 implemented a lot of, you know, cool mechanical tweaks and tightened up a few areas, mm. that was the one that I I, I felt was too repetitive, was too short, was a little oh, bit totally. too shallow. Force Unleashed One though was a is a great blueprint, and it's a shame that we never got that third
1: game. Honestly, if you talk, we talk, we talked before about like uh, dev t- dev cycles that were crunched into stupid amounts of time. There was I forget where I heard this, but there was a rumor that Force Unleashed Two was turned around in about two months. Wow, like it was something stupid where they've had no time, and it's, it's why that game feels like a glorified DLC pack. Um, if anyone of any um, relation to those devs can get in touch, I'd love to know the truth of that. Um, but I remember hearing that a good few years ago. Um, yeah, Force. Most least I always loved before the uh, Euphoria engine, the game engine, because it was when they started trying to hybridize ragdoll physics with like canned animations. And I love that whole thing where it wasn't necessarily uh, as dependable as it could have been. But the idea of, you know, you can send a, a pack of stormtroopers pirouetting over the horizon yeah. and a few of them will try and survive. They'll grab onto something else or they'll grab onto each other and they'll scream and try and, uh, and, try and get back on the platform or something. It just gave the chaos, like, a real agency to it. Um, and I always, I mean, that game was coming off, for me, coming off psyops, uh, the manga conspiracy. Still, hands down, the best telekinetically powered anything in yes. gaming, um, where you can just throw dudes into it, into all sorts of different Havoc physics stuff. And so I love that side of it. And I think that obviously you can pick up, you can throw TIE fighters into people. Yeah, It gets ridiculous. Um, and I understand why they had to rein it back in going forward as a canon. But for that point in time, when you're wrenching a Star Destroyer of the sky yes. and everything, even though it's like a mini game and it kind of sucks, still, as a visual, it's incredible.
2: That's it. Conceptually, yes. the game is... Amazing. It might not execute everything perfectly. That's Mm -hmm. Star Destroyer, partly, you know, being a perfect example, Mm. but. When it's in its flow, it is one of the best Star Wars games for me.
1: I also love um just like being like being super evil is fun. We used to do this a lot more and more like sort of morality splitting games. Like I think mean, for me, it's cartoonishly evil that's fun. Like Fable evil, yeah. where you're growing horns and being super evil. And in this, um, you I think it was a bonus costume, but I remember that one where you had those that big fanged, um, the had like talons on your fingers and yeah. the, it was like really <laughs> death looking armor. Um, as you just wipe everybody out, that was like so much fun. Um, and all the force blasts would like fracture of the environment and everything. Um, that was your number five, I believe. That was my number five. My number four was Star Wars Bounty Hunter, um, which is just a beautiful, well, it's a game that I think has aged in a strange way. You went back to it quite recently and enjoyed it again. Yes. Um, I thought that it didn't hold up as well as I remembered it, but my remembrance of it is so strong and I love playing as Jango Fett. I love that whole underbelly of Star Wars to do with bounty hunts and the idea of all these different old smuggler rings, all that kind of stuff. And there's one bit in the middle of this game where maybe not in the middle actually it's Quentin at the beginning where you go to a city uh, I think you're on Coruscant and you just get to yeah. run around and, and yeah. talk to people and take bounties and, and I just love that they give you his full toolkit you have the missile backpack you have the um, the whip that can sort of grab people around the legs I just love all that stuff more Django Fair games we were saying before recording why did they never do a Django Fair Bounty Hunter Hitman game. Yeah. Right? And you give them these environments and pick your own infiltration methods. Like, that would be so cool.
2: Scott Tilford, I've made a mistake here. Oh, no. Force Unleashed was my number six. Bounty Hunter was my number five. Ah. So you've done quite well here. Yeah, <laughs> I can only echo what you said, man. Bounty Hunter for me was such a new experience. I'd played so many Mm. games where you play as a Jedi or Mm. you're in a ship. I'd never had the kind of underbelly of Star Wars explored in this way. And even playing it recently, because like I said, you know, it's available on PlayStation if you want to go get it. Like it still holds up really well. Mm. I love the visual design of the levels throughout that game. I love the kind of soundscape of it. I always have a soft spot for identifiable like, uh, sound design for your character specifically, and I I will always remember the way that Django kind of climbs ladders, and the way that your jetpack and <laughs> your armor kind of clanks. Yeah, you have yeah, such yeah. a signature uh, presence. In, in terms of the soundscape in that game, and it just kind of it does its best to immerse you into the world for a PS2 title. Totally, like you said, you know the the arsenal that you have at your disposable, like the the whip, the flamethrower, the massive rocket on your back that could just decimate like a big group of enemies. <laughs> the dual blasters, of course, the jetpack that you can freely use to get to new levels or to uh, change the verticality of combat encounters. There's a lot of freedom in that game, mm. and it's just a shame that we never got Star Wars 1313 to fully capitalize <laughs> well, that's on the it.
1: thing. All this the artwork that they put together, well, if, you, if you ever Google Star Wars 1313 concept art, all of that stuff was so capitalizing on just the coolness of Django, which in himself was capitalizing on the coolness of Boba Fett and what if, what if a younger version or a more sort of tech-equipped version of that character existed. There's just so much more that can be done there. Obviously, Mandalorian is there on, on live action, but we don't have that Mandalorian game alongside the nearest thing to it is Bounty Hunter, yeah. um, unless you play as him in Battlefront 2 or something um but yeah i just i love this game as a kid and i think that as much as it is all blasters and ranged combat stuff there's not a lightsaber in sight i don't think um, I always just thought it was had enough heart to it, and it uh, it knew exactly what it was. It was yeah. brilliant. Um, Your are number four, sir.
2: My number four is coming in after Star Wars a Bounty Hunter, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which we oh. have already talked about. But as I explained then, I think I just liked this a little bit more than you mm. got to grips with it. Well, not got to grips, but enjoyed the combat a little bit more than you and was surprised mm. by how much I enjoyed the story. Funnily enough, though, despite this being my fourth favorite Star Wars game of all time, mm-hmm. As much as I am looking forward to Jedi Survivor, not blown away by it yet. I've Have you seen that trailer?
1: that leaked for it. Yeah. And I'm what's like, what, Why is he running like he's pooped?
2: I don't. Well, what's that lot,
1: about?
2: You know what? Solid Snake used to as well, <laughs> and I didn't mind it then. So maybe <laughs> no, it's <like>, like,
1: a <laughs> little dad run that he used to do, yeah. getting his arms up.
2: Man's got to go to the toilet.
1: man. He does a bit. I think. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very curious about Jedi Survivor. I think that. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I hope that it capitalises on where things left off. But yeah, some of that. This, there is something about it that's a little bit like arbitrary sequel kind of thing it's a little yeah. bit weird. we're just gonna do more of what you think we'll see how it goes I'm uh, I'm optimistic I feel like we don't have a, a really good like Sifu level Jedi combat game No, and so I kind of want something more like that
2: and you know what like, like I said before I was feeling this same way going into Fallen Order mm. and that kind of blew me away so maybe if I don't have my expectations high again or too <laughs> high again it'll pull the exact same trick and I'll be like Scott Jedi survivor absolutely rules. Honestly,
1: I long I I hold now to the rule that Star Wars secret weapon is a lack of expectation. Yeah. No one expected anything from Rogue One. It was brilliant. No one expected anything from Andor because it was an Andor spin-off and it's the best thing they've done since Rogue One. Um, so, in my opinion, so like it's, I think ultimately, if you can just set the table nicely and get make sure people actually buy the game, I imagine that with it being respawned, it'll be something that surprises us afterwards. Um, my number three is X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Now, this is a very deep pull um, and from 1997, my first ever Star Wars game, and um, that I just have too many fond memories of uh, where my dad had bought a, um, a joystick for the PC. Um, and we would just buy all sorts of games to see what would work with it. And I would have been only about eight years old, um, and just playing X Wing versus Tie Fighter. And it's if you look at it now, it's like pixelated to hell. Yeah. But it still has like mock three D. Um, but just being able to pilot that thing with an actual joystick, with a little like button on top for the trigger, and uh, with the trigger as well, and the button for the missiles and everything. Um, I love that game. I barely remember it, but I remember it, <laughs> I have such fondness <laughs> towards it. Um, and anyone who is uh, of an age will remember the um, the Tie Fighter games. X-wing versus Tie Fighter was my first one. Oh,
2: I did not play this game, man, and I feel like I'm missing oh, out now by not playing it. There's
1: such a there's a chip tune version of the main theme that comes on at the beginning, and um, that just makes me do that sort of like paralyzed by nostalgia thing, where I'm just like my entire life is in this music um, <laughs> <laughs> the last 30 years um, but yeah so I'll go with that I think that um, you know there was a, a weird set of like stunt missions to it like things where you were going through different checkpoints and stuff and I just wanted to fight stuff and shoot missiles and everything but it was just that idea of getting to control that thing for the first time that'll always stick with me so I don't have much more to that Yeah, um, but I do I love that those old uh, PCX when TIE Fighter games
2: oh yeah man I need yeah. to check them out and if, if they're even available now you know what I mean I'll be oh my god to... like Steam probably <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Steam yeah. Deck oh my god maybe that's my day off I have
1: go. find it again. Um, you're number three, sir.
2: My number three is Star Wars Battlefront 2, which we have talked yes. about, but I want to ask you, because what made this so surprising for me, not just because it had a disastrous launch, <laughs> uh, is the fact that I actually wasn't a huge Battlefronts fan right. for uh, this game. Star Wars Battlefront 1, In by that I mean the DICE version yes. of Star Wars Battlefront 1, was a game that I had impossibly high expectations for at the time, because that was like my peak Battlefield fandom, mm. you know, like uh, era, where mm. I was just loving everything Dice put out. I was loving the Battlefield franchise, and what I was picturing was, you know, a Star Wars game that was just, I was just a Battlefield game with the Star Wars skin. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, I've rarely been more disappointed than buying <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront one at midnight. I went there with my friend. We booted it up, and really? we thought, I cannot believe. This is the game. That might be my origin story for working here. So <laughs> I thought, I need I need to talk about how right. much this disappointed me. and and, never that and colonial stop. Marines set you right up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of those games happening just a few years apart just oh. completely destroyed me. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I was never like a huge French fan of even the older games mm. just because I, I never really played them that much. And when I went around friends, I just never could get into them. I loved the ambition and the scale of them. Mm. But yeah, it was battlefront two uh, the the reboot version that really made me think, oh maybe I'll be missing out.
1: I th- Well, I think Battlefront 1, I loved... I, th- I was one of those rare people who loved the idea of Walker Assault. I got that it was such a diametrically, a, like, a, a slanted mode, and it was impossible to win as the Rebels, because um, the, war- the 80, uh, 80s would just get to that uh, destination and win anyway. But I loved the idea of that, because you felt like the Rebels. You felt like you were on the receiving end, and I was like, there's something cool here, especially with the amount of different players you can plug into it. So I was always like, that mass battle stuff can be used almost thematically in a way. Not that they did much in that direction, but I liked the idea of it. Um, but yeah, Battlefront 2, like I said before, for me, it's just, it's just a complete package. If you just... If you like Star Wars ephemera, whatever comes to mind when you think Star Wars, it's in Battlefront 2. And yeah. um, if you're thinking of a certain um, you know, ship type or a character or like a level or an environment or whatever, it's just in there. And so for me, if I want to scratch that itch, I'd just go on Battlefront 2. Like I ended up buying the Ultimate Edition even though I already had the regular one um, just to plug all the gaps of the of the roster um, when it was on sale. So I can back that. Um, my number two, I don't know if this is maybe isn't on your list at all, is
2: Jedi Power Battles.
3: Oh, um, man. <laughs> you know
2: what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, before you jump in yeah. and explain exactly why this game rules, because you know does, why. I know why. This was the hardest pick for me. It was either putting on Power Battles, or it was putting on Star Wars Episode 1. Really? I Between those ultimately went for Episode 1 because I, frankly, have not played Power Battles since I was young, right. and I loved it at the time, but I couldn't vouch for its quality now.
1: It was one of the first things I redownloaded on Steam Deck. Oh. Um, I still think it plays beautifully. I think that um, obviously there'll be some stuff going on with the emulation that maybe patches up the, certain things with the frame rate, but I remember it being very smooth anyway. Um, but it just is that game where you can play as Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Plo Koon, and uh, oh, Mace can- a new Yes. He was the time I didn't know who that guy was.
2: <laughs> and then just be like, who's this guy with the yellow lightsaber? I just love the fact that he had a yellow lightsaber. Yeah. I was, it blew my mind as like, a kid.
1: That was the whole thing. It was like, he stood out because he he has this style that's a lot uh, stronger. He comes down with a lot more like sort of two-handed hits and everything. Um, but I always loved playing as Obi-Wan because you could do his special was like he would just crouch. Actually, maybe that was Mace Windu's one. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> it's been a year. Um, but there's the one where you crouch down and the lightsaber spins around you loads. Yeah. And I remember just letting everything swarm me and then just doing that special and just cutting everything out And half and it just feeling so cool um so yeah Jedi power battles when I talked about um you know just wanting to do Jedi things power battles gets right to the point um and it is I think it's from like 2003 or something um it's almost in that sort of post 90s era of like walking away from explosions type stuff the way that some of the cutscenes are remixed and everything the model of Obi-Wan looks hilarious yeah (laughs) as he walks away from one of the Jedi uh, one of the droid things that's coming after him um but yeah sheer raw playability which is what I'm always going to go to if we're talking personal favorites uh, of games um you can just play the f out of Jedi Power Battles. It just goes from moment one, and I just it doesn't let up. And I love the level design. It's a nice mix of platforming and action. Um, and you could just—it was the first time I did a thing in a game. it did the thing in the game where you block at the last minute and redirect a blaster bolt back at a droid. And I was just like, I'm, I'm, I don't need any more than this.
2: I am so pleased you have mentioned that because the one thing <laughs> I was waiting to say about this game is how much of a revelation that mechanic was. You mm-hmm. know, I—I I was coming off Star Wars Episode One, where you can press the action button and you wave your lightsaber, and yeah, you deflect the blasters, mm-hmm. but you kind of have no it, it say over how you do it. Whereas this time. In Jedi Power Battles, it's timing-based, right? As soon, if you wait till the last minute to deflect that blaster, bolt, it goes straight back to the enemy, and that felt like I said, a revelation at the time in uh, terms of making you feel like an actual Jedi in control over your powers well and control they, over the Force control over your lightsaber. Totally.
1: Sorry, I was just going to say when you do that, they really want you to know that you just did a cool thing because they animate the droids to like ping off and spin off. So it's yes. like they really pay it off. And whereas like, you know, doing that, doing that exact move on episode three or in episode three on the Game Boy, you sort of block and then the droid just dies and it's like, okay, I guess I did that. And it's satisfying enough. But Jedi Power Battles, they, they, that was one of the only games that like reveled in the the over-the-top escapism of being a Jedi, like a fully powered Jedi. Like we never really had them until that trilogy anyway. So it was just like, here's a set of powers. They are superheroes. Go have fun. Just go mash everything to bits because you might as well.
2: Um, your number two. My number two is Star Wars Jedi Academy. Oh, that's my number one. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, let's gush over this, man, because I know it's it, uh, probably blasphemy to not put Jedi Outcast on here. I know people love that game, and I want to love... That game is a building block. ...Kyle Katan, mm-hmm. right? But I've tried to play that game specifically, genuinely about 10 times, <laughs> and it's not because of the combat or anything like that that I haven't stuck with it. It's because of the level design. Mm-hmm. It's so indebted to a more old school kind of view of how first person shooter level design especially should be that. I spent so much of the early levels of that game kind of just looking around for a switch after I killed all the enemies in the dark and that put me (laughs) off. And Jedi Academy has a little bit of that still in its DNA, Mm. but it mostly just goes, like you would say, you know, it's more of a straightforward action game, it's more about being a Jedi, it's more about that power trip, Mm -hmm. and I love the idea of getting to create your own Jedi, because, you know, you're a a new student in this academy, getting to customize your lightsaber was incredible, Mm -hmm. changing the hilt, changing the color, being able to dual wield, uh, from a base mechanical foundation, it's like, Peak Star Wars to me.
1: I that's that's the thing for me. Um, Jedi Outcast was always the building block game because it was like you're coming off Dark Forces, you, you're coming off this sort of legacy of like the Quake engine and, and trying to make something work for blasters and whatever. And it's not that I love that old school floaty first person shooter feel. I still play the original Doom like all the time, but still, um, I love that it is sort of a transitionary game. And it was always it's not that Outcast doesn't get there at all, but Academy, like you said, just absolutely goes from moment one. I love the fact of making your own Padawan. That's not in that many Star Wars games. The idea that you're just new to the Academy, you're meeting Luke which is so cool Yes. Um, at the very beginning and then the powers that you get and you can choose whether you want to be good or bad and you unlock different things and getting force lightning and just cooking the hell out of stormtroopers like stuff like that it's just one of those things where the design the general mission statement was just have fun with these powers yeah. just feel like a Jedi or a Sith and just have fun with it um, and there wasn't a <laughs> microtransaction or a monetization method in sight it was just a series of cool combat encounters um, and something that there are still remnants of that level design that you said where it's like okay so somewhere in here is something that I need to force scan so I can <laughs> move on um, but overall they just nail that stuff also one of the things that makes it a number one with a bullet for me um, is that it was one of the first ever Xbox Live games that I played oh, nice. and this games online was like god tier I was so glad they put it in the remaster um, and you can just play that with people again it's a bit like when if you play Battlefront 2's online and you do the mode where you only play as the heroes and um, where everyone's just flailing at each other and, and whatever but this game, uh, this game had wall running and the back flips and it was oh, just like when When you are on one of those levels, and obviously it's, we're talking about 2004, 2005, so it's like you wouldn't, I'd never played online before, um, and when you're in those levels, there's a really big, like, sort of canyon level with a lot of, like, snake and walkways between these two bases, classic setup for online levels, but when you just come across a bunch of people just having a duel, and you sort of watch them fight for a bit, and you jump in and save your teammate, or you jump in and fight them both, or whatever, you're not gonna beat that for me, like, I mean, I don't think any game's ever attempted that, really. Um, to give you a set of sort of melee equipable abilities and then let you face off against each other. But it, not to quote IGN, but it just felt like, a, like you were a yes. Jedi. It felt like you were watching these fights unfold. Um, Which is just so cool. I mean, later on in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, oh, sorry, in the Old Republic shorts that Bioware put out, you see what it was like having all these different Jedis at the height of their abilities fighting. Those CG movies are just beautifully put together. This is the nearest thing to that. And so, like, I always liked that era of Star Wars when everything was at its height, when the Jedi Order was in its full, you know, capabilities, and there were lots of Jedi and all these different schools of fighting. I just feel like it's a game of that. The online is, anyway. Um, And so I just love that. And obviously the story is really fun too.
2: Oh man, it's such a big tragedy in my life that I never got to experience the online portion of it at the time because I just didn't have access to it. Mm. But I would totally echo what you were talking there, talking there? What you were talking about (laughs) there, about the lightsaber jewels themselves because even in the single player, those were so stylish and they felt so good that, you know, I could just mindlessly fight, you know, incoming Sith over Mm. and over again in that game. You know, the, the moment where you would get, the hit off, and you would take your opponent down, and it would cut to this slow-mo shot, kind of like circling the action. (laughs) It made you feel incredible, and I am kind of good that I never got to experience that in a You could do it now if you
1: get the remaster. I'm pretty sure the Xbox, the Switch version is definitely online, but you can probably take the Xbox one online. That'll be hilarious in 2023. Um, But yeah, that was another thing, is like, this game, we didn't really talk about it that much across our rankings, but games that got lightsabers right, where they don't feel like bats, where they don't feel like wiffle bats. Like, in Academy, if you swipe it Dude, you cut their leg off. You cut their arm off, and then you can like just that whole feeling of equip- using this really deadly weapon. It should be used to it a certain way. I love that. There's also a level in here. I want a shout out where you're on a speeder bike and yeah. you're um, shooting all these different people. And there's a bit way. I think as you mentioned that 360 cam. I think that's why this happened to me. But um, there's a bit where you go through like a um, like a small doorway at the end, and I think it's probably because that means the enemy that you just killed is the last one. But I did that in slow motion with the oh. camera looking back at the explosion behind me, and I was like, they could. Could not be many more 2004 if it tried, but this is absolutely perfect. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's easily my number one. I my, forget where you were on the ranking.
2: My, uh, That was my number two. Yes. So we've gone- You're on your number one. Synced up quite well. My number mm-hmm. one is Knights of the Old Republic. Beautiful. Of course it is, like I mentioned earlier. And yeah, like if we want to get into that in more detail now, we talk about, you know, we've talked so much about this game made you feel like a Jedi <laughs> on this list. But while other games might have nailed the power trip better. Mm. It's exactly what you were saying earlier. The fact that you have such a long build-up where you aren't a Jedi and then you learn that you are mm. one and then you start you know, building your lightsaber. You start learning the fundamentals. That journey you'd never seen before in a video game. True. Yes, it's an outcast, but not with that Depth, not with that kind of not sense world size of, or whatever, either. No, no, yeah. no, not in terms of the world size, not in terms of role playing. Playing as someone, what kind of Jedi do mm. you want to be? When you play Jedi Outcast, which I know lots of people love, you're Kyle Katarn. When you play this game, you are. Who you want to be? You can decide whether to go down a light or dark path. You can decide how to, how what powers you want to focus on, what kind of gameplay style you want to uh, focus on, mm-hmm. what kind of people you want to talk to, who do you want to align with, how do you want to treat your party? It has that kind of early Bioware magic, mm-hmm. and uh, in terms of making you putting you on a complete arc and a complete journey as someone who discovers their powers, the hero's journey as is you know indebted to the entirety of Star Wars as a fiction. <laughs> It is rock solid. That's
1: for me why I love all that opening stuff because you're finding your footing, you're deciding what kind of person you want to be and th- I love all the different permutations of how all the opening stuff can play out. There's like different um, security check, security key cards that you need to get and you can befriend different characters to get them. There's little shades of interacting with the underground there. You're, t- you're talking to different gangs and you're befriending different people. You're dressing as like a, one of the early versions of a stormtrooper to get through certain uh, security checkpoints. And I just love the way, like you said, it's that old Bioware magic. It was when they had the dev time or the prior- prioritization or whatever. To account for different ways you might approach a situation, something that they've largely gotten away from, um, you know, recently. And so, like, it just, like you said, it felt like you were <laughs> in that space. IGen's made such a beaver out of that thing, um, <laughs> but it's true. And I think that when you were, like, you know, designing a character from the ground up, there's not really that many Star Wars RPGs, other than maybe Galaxies, if people play the MMO, um, that really let you play that role and play it out. And obviously, there's a defined arc in here, but like, still, it just felt great. It felt great to explore those spaces yourself.
2: Like, really good conversation. As well, like yeah. you, like there was a real
0: oh, like, alien languages.
2: That's it, man. Like <laughs> a real genuine history to the people and the races and the mm-hmm. cultures that you were interacting with in that game. You know, you're going across the entire galaxy, and as someone who had only ever seen the movies up until that point, I felt like this game was genuinely expanding my knowledge of what mm-hmm. star wars was at the time because you know i'm sure a lot of bit has been written a lot of it has been written out of canon now including probably the <laughs> setting, with the change to a uh, you know like the disney universe and omitting legends and whatnot mm-hmm. but at the time getting to know the world way more intimately with such a history having these big conversations with characters that was just something that wasn't in star wars then, or and at also, least that I had experienced,
1: they find a way of sort of like tipping the nod to scenes like, um, you know, going to the cantina on Tatooine, um, or like that whole thing where it's like you do a version of that in this. And obviously, if you play it now, Disney, Disney have made Star Wars so big, like, obviously, those movies have been mined to death even more that you'll notice those comparisons. But it just felt like it belonged. I think some of the best like spin off stuff always reinforces the original core, like, makes you want to go play that or see that thing anyway so yeah um, I'm going to run down my top 10 and then we will run yours down as well um, from 10 to 1 for me it's star- <laughs> I'm not saying Star Wars for each one of these <laughs> number 10 is episode 3 I'm just going to go with the Game Boy Advance slash Xbox but at the minute I'm loving the Game Boy Advance one number 9 Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order I t- did it again Star Wars you did number 8 episode 1 Racer number 7 Starfighter slash Jedi Starfighter number 6 Knights of the Old Republic number 5 Battlefront 2 number 4 Bounty Hunter number 3 X-Wing versus TIE Fighter number 2 Jedi, blah, 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 Jedi Power Battles Ooh. and number 1 Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy.
2: Beautiful is Scott Hill. Thank you. Mine 10 to 1 is number 10, Connect Star Wars. <laughs> number 9, Episode 1 of Phantom Menace, number 8. Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Number 7, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Number 6, Force Unleashed. Number 5, Bounty Hunter. Number 4, Fallen Order. Number 3, Battlefront 2, The Reboot. Number 2, Jedi Academy. And number 1, Knights of the Old Republic. I tell you what,
1: having Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Jedi Academy as the top two Star Wars games of all time, we scientifically know that's correct.
2: Yeah. That, that, <laughs> you could go to a court
1: of law and prove that. That's literally <laughs> the best Star Wars games on Earth. Um, but yeah, find us on social media. Let us know what you think. I'm at slash LP89 Joss is Joss, Joss is at Josh Brune with two O's um, and for now this has been the What Culture Me Podcast I've been your host Scott Telford joined by Josh Brown always
2: oh, a pleasure Scott Telford a
1: massive thank you to all of you for listening to us and we'll catch you next week bye bye goodbye